Hello, I'm Laura Ellsworth, welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Rick and Joni Holm. We are here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. With us today is Dr. Deb Johnston to answer your medical questions. Dr. Johnston's specialty is family medicine. She works with the Avera Medical Group Brookings and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Johnston. Good morning, Laura, and good morning, everyone out there. Thanks for being here with us today, and happy summer to you. Happy summer. It definitely feels a little more summery than I like for the middle middle of June. Yes, is, it is nice and warm out there. Yes, it is. Yes, yes. <laughs> cool down a little. Nice little rain last night. Yeah, so that was nice. Everything grow. Yes. Now. Yes. That is great. Dr. Johnston, I... I'm excited. I have a special announcement that we get to share with our listeners today. I don't know what this is. This is a surprise to me, too. (laughs) Yes. Well, I know that you especially like it when callers call in with questions. So our special summer announcement. Every week, we look forward to answering medical questions from our listeners. And so to encourage your questions, those of you who call in a question will be entered into a monthly drawing for your choice of one of Dr. Holmes' books. Uh, He has his two books, Life's Final Seasons or A Picture of Health. Your questions will remain anonymous, but be sure to provide your name and phone number when you call in your questions so we can contact the winner at the end of the month. Oh, that is exciting. Isn't that exciting? That is exciting. Dr. Holm was so wise, and his essays were so good, and his book about about dying Mm -hmm. was such a good book. I mean, he had been active in hospice for many, many years. And then, of course, he had his own diagnosis and knew that his his time was coming to an end and faced that with such grace and courage and inspiration. I mean, it's it's a fabulous book. So everybody call in. That's a really good motivator. Yes. Yeah. So if you call in with your questions, uh, we'll get you entered into a drawing for for one of his books. There are wonderful people here at the radio station ready to write down your questions and deliver them to us here in the studio. So just to reiterate, when you call in with a question, your question will remain anonymous, but if you provide your name and phone number, we will add you to our summer monthly drawings for one of Dr. Holmes' books. And do they get to choose which book? Yeah. When we All give right. you a call, you can choose which book you would like to have and I know some of us are loyal Dr. Home followers, so if you already have both books, you can still um, get another one and pass and it along it as, a, as gift. a gift. Yeah, yes. I just gave a copy to one of my aunts a couple weeks ago, so it's fun Fabulous. to pass along Dr. Home's wisdom to yes, others it is. as well. Yes, it is. So, yeah, so if you have a question, give us a call at 605-692-1430. And I think we will go to our first break and give everyone a chance to give us a call. Thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address. And get your name entered into our monthly summer drawings for one of Dr. Holmes' books. 
Again, that number is 605-692-1430. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. We are living in a stressful time as we deal with the global pandemic. The following are some tips to help your emotional health. Fuel your body by eating a healthy, well-balanced diet and drinking plenty of water. Aim to get seven to eight hours of sleep each night. Exercise every day. Take deep breaths and stretch often. Avoid risky or destructive behaviors such as abusing alcohol or drugs, excessive gambling, or ignoring public health recommendations. Spend time outside, such as going for a walk in a park, but follow social distancing guidelines. If you feel overwhelmed by the emotional pressures, reach out to family, friends, or your medical provider. This tip is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Deb Johnston is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. As we announced before the break, during these summer months, if you call in with a question, you will be added to our monthly drawing for one of Dr. Holmes' books. So give us a call now at 605-692-1430. Dr. Johnston, your essay this week talks about the formula shortage, the baby formula shortage. Yes, isn't that something? It um, just makes me really happy that my children are past that age Mm -hmm. because, boy, what a horrible position for parents to be in. You know, babies, particularly babies under six months of age, really can eat breast milk and formula. They really don't have any other options for nutrition, even hydration. Babies' little kidneys can't balance the salts and everything else that they need so we don't recommend that parents give their babies water because Mm -hmm. those babies can end up with electrolyte the salts in the blood's getting all out of out of whack and end up in the hospital and um, this is a, a major crisis for parents and for all of us. Right. Yeah, I remember when ha- I was having babies, that the idea that you weren't really supposed to give your baby water it was surprising to yes. me. I mean, it makes <laughs> sense. But yeah, how important that nutrition is. And it's just this perfect little balance for their fam- for their bodies. Absolutely. And, you know, breast milk is, is the perfect food. Mm-hmm. Um, but science has spent an awful lot of time and energy making formula as close to breast milk as possible. And not every family can breastfeed. Um, Sometimes there's physical reasons why they can't breastfeed. Sometimes uh, it's a matter of preference. Sometimes it's just a matter of logistics. You know, breastfeeding is a big time commitment on the part of the mom and, um, you know, not something that dad can do instead generally and um, not something that someone else can do so you know being able to give some formula or some bottled breast milk really frees mom up to take care of other children to work to do other things Um, formula has become a major part of our culture and not having access to that makes it very difficult to feed those babies and I learned that all formulas are not the same either. And you kind of learn what formula your baby might tolerate better than others. Is that? 
most True. most babies can do okay on most formulas. Okay. I mean, they might make them a little fussier or a little spittier or mm-hmm. a little gassier. But, you know, from a from a medical standpoint, most babies can do okay on most formulas. But okay. there are babies who have, for example, food allergies. And, you know, those babies, uh, milk is a very common allergy. And most, um, most formulas are derived or based on either cow's milk or soy milk. The challenge is that babies that are allergic to milk are also often allergic to soy. Mm. So if they have a true allergy, a lot of times they require a very specialized formula, something that is um, largely pre-digested, so those larger proteins aren't present. And those formulas can be extremely expensive and difficult to come by. And then there's all kinds of formulas that have you know, little tweaks to make them a little thicker or a little gentler or, you know, whatever. But Mm -hmm. for most babies, the average baby can eat any formula. Okay. Um, But again, that doesn't mean that they will be as happy on any formula and that mom and dad will be as happy on any formula. But from a nutritional keep the baby growing, keep the baby out of the hospital standpoint, you know, the average baby mom might prefer Similac, but if she can find Isomil, that's probably okay. Um, so, but it, it does tend to cause some issues for babies to switch back and forth between formulas. Um, you know, a lot of us will have our favorite brand of coffee or our favorite uh, type of water. I mean, you look at objectively my ice mountain is exactly the same as the walmart brand but i may pay a little more for the brand that i like because Mm -hmm. the flavor is better or i'm used to it or whatever and if we as adults do that why should we think that babies won't react to a little difference in flavor Mm -hmm. yeah right so right yeah, it um, it has to be stressful being a new parent uh, during these last few months. Yes. Um, <laughs> absolutely. And I think even, you know, as you, even if you're planning on breastfeeding or are breastfeeding, just knowing that you have formula as a backup plan if something yep. happens to you or Yep, if you end up on an antibiotic that mm-hmm. you can't breastfeed on or you end up in the hospital or you have to take a trip or whatever happens, you know, even breastfeeding families can have some issues with this and and are very anxious about the formula shortage and you know there's a lot of well they can just breastfeed response Mm. out there which first off is not helpful second is often not true Mm -hmm. Um, if I have a two-month-old baby and I have not breastfed that baby it is very difficult to start breastfeeding if you don't do it very shortly after the baby is born. So um, my four-month-old, my six-month-old, I may not be able to breastfeed to start breastfeeding at that. And if I do, it is a very time-consuming and difficult and challenging process. And you are certainly not going to be able to do that fast enough to feed your hungry baby right now. Mm -hmm. So it is not 
the solution that that people want to put forward. It may be a reasonable solution on a global or societal scale to Mm -hmm. say, well, we need more families to breastfeed, which is something that we've been working on for a long time because, again, breastfeeding is the perfect food for babies. And as closely as they've been able to mimic the nutritional content of breast milk, they have not been able to mimic the antibody production where mom's immune system helps babies um, resist other infections. Um, so it it is a great thing to breastfeed, and it would be wonderful to have more breastfeeding support, uh, to have more time for moms to stay home so they can get breastfeeding well and truly established. I like to tell my parents that just like the rest of us, babies are going to do things the easy way if they figure out that there is an easy Mm. way and it is a more complicated motion and process to nurse from the breast than to eat from a bottle so if breastfeeding is not really well established it's really difficult to both breast and bottle because Mm -hmm. that baby often will not want to go to the breast if they know that they can accomplish the same thing with less work from a bottle. So if we could let moms stay home until their supply was really well established and their their babies were nursing really well and then make sure that they have a good place to pump and time to pump at work, um, you know, those are societal changes that could really help support breastfeeding parents um, that we've not done a very good job at accomplishing. Mm -hmm. We have room for improvement. We certainly do. (laughs) Yes. And there are a variety of resources for parents who want to breastfeed um, and who maybe need some assistance with that. I understand there's like support groups. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of our hospitals certainly, and I think a lot of hospitals um, actually have lactation consultants available that can help people troubleshoot breastfeeding problems that they may have, can can offer that support and some really good in-depth knowledge to to help you be successful. Our hospital has a baby cafe where um, community members can come and there's one of the nurses that has that additional lactation training, other moms, uh, so the they can help you troubleshoot problems you may be having with with breastfeeding and give you that support. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And then just going back to the formula shortage, um, do you have any recommendations, Dr. Johnston, if a family isn't able to find what have you been telling families to help connect them to resources if they aren't finding what they need? the, The first thing is it is not safe to try to make your own formula at home. Mm, okay. um, you know, I, certainly my generation, it was not uncommon for families to make their own formula at home. Okay. Um, and there are a lot of recipes floating around out there. Um, but it was also not uncommon for babies to get sick from those formulas that they were being fed, um, both because of the imbalance in the the electrolytes and the proteins and the fats and the sugars and because of contamination of that that formula that that was made at home um so that is that is not something that you want to do 
if the child is older, if the child is over six months, then, um, you know, certainly introducing some solids Mm -hmm. is a very reasonable thing, and that can help stretch your formula. Uh, And that's developmentally appropriate. Babies are physically ready to digest those solids and they're physically developmentally ready to to swallow those things and eat those things safely babies that are getting close to one year um, might be able to use some whole milk to and you do need that whole milk because you need that fat content and those calories um, to stretch that out Um, you know again most babies can use most brands of formula. So looking at if I'm usually a Similac person and there's this parent's choice brand there, my baby might get more fussy with that, but I can still use that. That is still safe. All of the formulas that are sold uh, on the shelf are nutritionally okay and should be um, processed appropriately and sterile and all of that. Um, If your baby has uh, more significant needs that it really needs those specialized formulas, talk with your doctor. Um, They may be able to help um, get you hooked up with a formula rep and get some of that formula or um, help you find an alternative that would still be okay for your baby. Um, WIC can be a good program uh, for if if you qualify that can be a very helpful program but it is a really difficult problem. I have not heard the stories from my parents that I've read uh, for other parts of the country where parents are spending hours going to different Mm. places trying Mm -hmm. to find formula. So and and the other thing you know it's very tempting if I see a shelf of formula there to buy it so that I know that I've got it but that is not a socially responsible thing to do you know if I have three months of formula on hand that means that other families don't have that formula so you know definitely get what you need and um, a little bit of a buffer is is a very reasonable thing but please don't hoard it Mm -hmm. right All right. Well, thank you for that information, Dr. Johnston. And it's time for us to go to our next break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address. And get your name entered into our summer monthly drawings for one of Dr. Holmes' books, 605-692-1430. 30. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Did you know that someone in the United States has a heart attack every 40 seconds? A heart attack happens when a part of the heart muscle doesn't get enough blood. You might hear a heart attack called an MI or myocardial infarction. The more time that passes without treatment to restore blood flow, the greater the damage to the heart muscle. If you have pain in your chest, call for help. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500. 
Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth and Prairie Doc physician Deb Johnston is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. As we announced earlier in this program during these summer months, if you call in with a question, you will be added to our monthly drawing for one of Dr. Holmes' books. So give us a call now at 605 692 1430. Dr. Johnston, this week on our television program, we will be rebroadcasting your show on back pain. That was a good us, one. Yeah, tell us about yeah. that show. Yeah, so um, I had a uh, Dr. Matthew Wingate, who is an orthopedic spine surgeon, and uh, Chuck McCullough, who is uh, our head physical therapist here in Brookings, as our guests. And uh, they did just a great job talking about the different causes of back pains and um, prevention, which I think is, is really an important thing. Back pain is such a common, common problem. Um, we talked a little about imaging. We talked a lot about different treatment options. And the treatment options for back pain are just so much broader than they were um, 20 years ago. So, you know, it is a very difficult problem for a lot of people that has a huge impact on your life. And if you have chronic back pain and you haven't, um, been in to see a specialist or your your primary doctor recently it's it's worth a visit you know there's a lot of um, injections and um, you know when I started medical school or when I finished medical school uh, when we said injections for back pain we pretty much always meant steroid injections to try to reduce swelling and inflammation around a, a disc that had recently uh, developed a bulge and was pushing on the, the nerve. And now they do a lot of injections uh, between the um, parts of the bone and the spine that articulate, that press against each other, that can be very helpful. And they can do implantable pumps that release um, muscle relaxant medications. And they can do uh, stimulators that uh, provide kind of this little electric current that uh, just can do so many different things. So, um, you know, I don't see nearly as much back surgery as I did back early in my career. Uh, in terms of let's fuse your back or do these procedures to the bone that that try to affect how that moves. But I sure see an awful lot more of these um, kind of less invasive procedures that honestly seem to have a much better outcome for a lot of people. It was interesting during the show, there was a lot of talk about prevention and yes. then working physical therapy into your treatment yes. plan as well. Let's talk about prevention. What what are, what are your recommendations so that we prevent having back pain issues in the first, in the first place? place? Yeah. So, uh, you know, Chuck said something during the show that I, uh, I had not heard before, although he did credit it to Dr. Holm, as I recall, that motion is lotion. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the take-home message is that being inactive and being out of shape, weak muscles hurt. So... If you don't have that strong core support, um, those abdominal muscles help support your back, those back muscles, uh, that flexibility, um, you are far more likely to end up with back pain. So 
sitting is hard on you uh laying is hard on you get up and get moving that's uh, probably the number one message that i think we tried to get across to people was um you need to stay active and if your back is hurting i back even before i started practicing it was oh two weeks of bed rest for your back to heal and that Ah. is was just the worst thing we could have done so uh getting up and getting moving um you know you may not be able to do everything the same way you normally do but you need to to try to stay active physical therapy can help design a customized exercise program particularly if you have either weak spots you know things that you can't do uh, or pain issues and we need to try to strengthen strengthen some muscles and help with flexibility and other muscles a lot of times I'll see that you know well the weak spots not what hurts you know that what hurts is the muscles that have been trying to do a job they're not designed to do Mm. to make up for those weak or injured muscles so uh, you know a a good physical therapist or a rehabilitation doctor uh, or orthopedist or neurosurgeon can really help design that program that can target your individual weak spots and Mm -hmm. and help you with that it's not always important to discover exactly what the issue is Um, a lot of times the issue particularly in more acute back pain has more to do with just general muscle inflammation and and weakness and uh, irritation but sometimes that is really important especially in those more chronic problems I want to talk about posture I feel like there's a lot of creative options now in the workplace for thinking about (laughs) posture you see people with the stand-up desk or sitting on the balls I think that's supposed to be a posture thing as well well a lot of that has to do with kind of keeping that core engaged you know again keeping those muscles working um you know, certainly some people are going to find that my standing desk is is really helpful for my back uh, and being able to adjust that height so that um, the the desk fits you instead of you fitting the desk mm. uh, can be very useful. But a lot of that just has to do with staying physically active. You know, you're you're when I'm sitting, I don't have to have a lot of muscles involved with that. Uh, when I'm standing, I have more muscles that are involved with that. When I'm on that little balance ball, I certainly have a lot more muscles that are involved with that. So um, it, again, anything that kind of keeps those muscles active is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And in our schools now, they give the kids options as well. And I think they can kind of move around during the day to different um, options. I know that at my kids' school, they have the balls that you can sit on. They have um, desks that are real low, so you can sit on the floor, crisscross, applesauce. Um, mm-hmm. They have desks that are up high that you can sit on a stool. So I love that they're working that flexibility into the classroom. At first, I was a little bit skeptical, I have to say. I was kind of like, <laughs> I don't know, how are these kids going to focus? But um, I think they do really appreciate having those options and the ability to move around and be yeah. active yeah. as they're learning, uh, yeah. sitting sitting quite a bit of the day. And, and some kids really need that 
what we call proprioceptive input. So proprioception is the ability of your body to kind of know where it is in space, the, the feedback that you get from your muscles and joints when you get into different positions. So um, I'm, I'm sad to say that those things came out after my kids got through that particular phase. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think it would have been particularly fabulous for my son yes yeah Yeah. um i am excited we had a couple questions come in dr johnson i see our time is flying so we'll see if we can get to both of these if not we'll get to them next week um and you'll be you'll still be on the yes the drawing your name is in the drawing for calling in with questions thank you so much this lady woke up with her eyes watering and redness in the corners one eye is bright red she takes one baby aspirin one time a day would that cause it, or what causes it, and what can be done? So eyes watering and redness in the corner. One eye is bright red. So eyes watering always make me think of allergies. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly we can see dry eyes causing, which seems counterintuitive, but a lot of times those persistently watery eyes are dry. Um, redness also can be allergies, but the other thing that we can see is uh, a subconjunctival hemorrhage where there's actually a little broken blood vessels, uh, and it, it's just a bright red flame of blood, and it's a solid sheet of blood, and it can look really, really dramatic as long as there's no history of, you know, getting hit in the eye or, or some other kind of major injury. Uh, it is a benign thing, but uh, can certainly look very dramatic and be very scary. Um, if her vision is normal, I would try some uh, warm packs or cool packs, whichever is feeling better, and see how her eyes do. If her vision is at all funny or she has pain in the eye, she probably better go in and get get that looked at. But again, most of the time, this is a, a totally benign thing, and it's the vision changes and the pain that prompt me to say that that would need to be checked out. If it is allergies, you said of watering off, watering eyes often remind you of aller or make yep. you think of allergies. What so, would be some treatment? So there options? are some some allergy eye drops. You don't want to use. Um, anything that says, quote unquote, get the red out, uh, because that usually has a medicine that causes the the eye, the blood vessels in the eyes to constrict. Mm. And yes, that will get the red out, but it doesn't actually address the underlying problem. Some, something like Zatator is, is one example, or Patinol is another example. Um, those are a lot of them available over the counter and can be very effective for those itchy, watery eyes. Okay. Yeah, I've learned that it's very common to have allergies in the eye. When I go to the eye doctor and she looks in my eye and she says, oh, you have allergies. I was like, I do. <laughs> you know, so um, that was interesting. And actually our daughter, too. So, yep. yeah, very common. Yes. And um, and if the, if the redness is that little hemorrhage, then the aspirin might be related just insofar as you know, aspirin makes you bleed a little bit more. So people are more likely to have bruising and, um, and it takes a long time for that red splotch to go away if that's what's going on in your eye. Okay. Well, we are unfortunately out of time for today, but we do have another question here about, um, our diet and sugar in our diet, which is a great question. And so we will plan to address that next week, Wednesday at 930. And I hope you will tune in, uh, for that. And we will be sure to ask, uh, I believe Dr. 
Evans. I have to double check. So <laughs> we'll double check. There will be one yes, of the Paradox Dr. Cruz. Here so one of the Paradox will be that. here and we will make sure we get to that next week. So thank you for your questions. Before we go, please do be sure to tune in to South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television and the Prairie Doc Facebook page for On Call with the Prairie Doc most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. Central. This week on Thursday, June 16th, we will be rebroadcasting the show Back Pain. Prairie Doc host Deborah Johnston is joined by Dr. Matthew Wingate with Orthopedic Institute and Chuck Muckala with Avera Therapy Brookings. They answer viewer questions including sources of back pain, back surgery, and new treatment options. So tune in tomorrow night on SDPB television to learn more. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and will listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK. Brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube. For free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library, visit www.prairiedoc.org. And look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. My thanks to Dr. Deb Johnston for joining us today. And as Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out there, people.